So basically, I ended up recording a full podcast on Friday afternoon, forgot to upload it Saturday morning, and it had heaps of references in there that were specific to Saturday. So by not uploading it on Saturday morning, I kind of didn't really think about it. You know, I just kind of gave myself the sleep in and I was like, yeah, all right, I won't bloody... I won't upload, I won't do any work this morning or I'll push the work back a little bit, which I'll explain what happened on Sunday anyway, because it's a bit of a story itself. So anyway, let me get started. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the, this has to be the 78th or 79th podcast. I don't know because I recorded this one on Friday and didn't upload it. Normally I'm pretty good, but then it's like, okay, so it's not one more. It's the one that it was last time. So it must be 70 something, you know, it could be 79, dude, at this point, I'm sorry. No, I'm pretty sure it is episode 79. Okay. This is episode 79. My name is Jake. I'd like to officially welcome you today. I'm your host of this Black Ink podcast. I'm excited. I'm full of light and love. I hope I'm meeting you with health and happiness because it's Monday. It's the beginning of the week. I'm fucking, I'm ready to strike this week. And to be honest with you, like I would much rather just fucking get to my hands on work than talk to the bloody camera for 45 minutes because I'm in that stage where I've got all these new pieces of equipment. They're all in place. The room is all looking nice and ergonomic and functional. So I just kind of want to get to it. It's kind of one of those rare moments in like your working career where there's physical work ahead of you that you're looking forward to doing. So but with that said, I've got to stay true to my fucking, to my goals and to my plan and to obviously my commitment to you guys, the audience. So I'm here doing the podcast for you today. And I just wanted to touch on, obviously, everything that I touched on in that last podcast that I didn't upload. There's everything there that I want to talk about, but because I've already talked about it, I'm not as passionate about it. What I will start with is something that happened to me yesterday and it caught me off guard. Now, I'll admit, I was a little bit, I was... For, I think Riz was at as uh, was at a uh, Kmart. So naturally, I'm at home by myself, and I because I went so hard on Saturday, which we'll also get to as well. I kind of gave myself yesterday as just like a day to like right, let's get as many things as we can in the studio done because a lot of my work seems to be actually outside of the house these days. So I'm finding myself actually like forgetting to do the core of my not forgetting to but kind of always postponing 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 all the core jobs that I have which essentially at this part of my whole uh, you know journey is essentially creating garments it's doing the screen printing it's doing the heat pressing it's creating stickers it's you know doing quality control checks and all these garments it's actually getting things ready to post and send out when people have bought them so I just gave yesterday a chance to catch up on a uh, catch up on like a thousand smaller jobs rather than kind of going out and doing a few bigger ones, which there definitely was the opportunity to do that as well. So yesterday I was uh, taking a moment between smaller jobs and obviously because of the nature of my business, I spend a lot of time on social media, which, you know, kind of, it's a good and a bad thing. Obviously you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with your little digital community. But at the same time, I'm losing actual minutes, hours, and days of the real physical world around me. And I had something happen to me that reflected exactly that. So I was going along and there's this one person, look, I don't want to even outline who they are because the chances of them listening to my podcast is slim to none. But if it is them, I would hate to offend them. Okay. This person sends me messages every day. If not every day, every other day. Sometimes they can send me up to three, four, five messages a day and they always send me these links. Okay. And these links are always about how the end of times are coming. And, you know, obviously this person is quite religious. And look, if you're listening to this, you've already figured out if this is you because, you know, not many people send that sort of stuff to me. So anyway, look, 
I, if you are listening, there's nothing against you. Just just stick with me here. It's just it's more for the point of the story. So they, they, they're religious. I'm somewhat religious. And that was kind of a mutual thing that we had together when we met each other, which was a really interesting situation anyway. I realistically would never have added this person on Facebook outside of the fact that we were in this kind of weird, intimate setting at a certain point. When I say intimate, I don't mean like, you know, intimate, intimate. I just mean like, okay, we had we did like a deal together sort of thing. Now it's sounding so suspicious. Hey, the less that I say, the, the worse it gets. So anyway, I had them on Facebook and they just end up keep on, keep on sending me stuff all the time, all the time. So I had to mute their notifications. So I didn't always have these notifications popping up on my phone because I actually mute all of the notifications on all of my social media because of the job that I do. I don't need my phone vibrating every fucking four seconds to let me know someone messaged me or liked something or commented on something. I've got fucking six accounts that I manage. Like that's just on Instagram. I've got three on TikTok. I've got two on Facebook. Like there's so much shit going on that I just don't want the notifications on. So if you really want to get a hold of me, by the way, call me or text me because contacting me through social media means that I'm only going to see it. If I haven't, if I've just stopped looking at social media, it could be an hour up to six hours, maybe even 12 hours before I see your message, depending on the urgency of like going to Instagram that day. So I open up this, the, I, so what happens is I don't get notifications and I don't even get like alerts that I have messages. I'll just open my messenger and see that this person has messaged me. So I go into the message and like, that's what happened yesterday. I go in there and there was four new messages in the past 24 hours. I was like, yeah, standard. And then this uh, article that was, what was it titled? I think it was titled, uh, you know, that the famine is coming or, you know, the the end of the world famine or the famine that will end the world is coming. Rah, rah, rah. And I was like, oh, you know, don't click on it. I'm going to click on it. So I clicked on it. I get reading this article and of course it breaks down this uh, story that happens in the Bible. Um, what was it? Oh no, now I've got it mixed up with 90 Day Fiance, a fucking religious story I heard on that last night. But it starts on this story in the Bible about how there's essentially seven days of, and I should know my Bible a little bit better here, so forgive me if you're a Christian and you're going to be like, what are you saying? But at the end of times, there's like seven days of hell and then seven days of heaven or vice versa. And then Jesus comes, the world ends. All of those who have repented go to heaven with Jesus and all those who haven't spent an eternity in hell, rotting and suffering and burning and I don't know, terrible things, probably hanging out with strippers and, and doing cocaine, terrible things. Okay. So it then went to metaphorically make reference of this story and kind of align it with things that are happening in the current day. Now, this is something that has been done time and time and time again. I'm sure even if you think you haven't read this, you have definitely read something that has aligned something in the Bible to something that's going on right now and really pushed as hard as they can to make that kind of um, connection and say, well, this is what's going to happen next because this is what's happened in the Bible, which I'm not for or against. I don't have an opinion on that. Just to be very fucking clear, I see the Bible as a metaphorical book of fables that we can use to parallel, like in a parallel fashion, run our lives. So you can take things that are happening to you in your life when you've had questions or you don't know which direction you should take, or maybe you don't understand kind of who you are, where you belong. You can reflect to stories in the Bible and find out how particular characters such as Jesus dealt with similar situations or situations that have a similar structure and therefore can be applied to what you're talking about. It's when you take this book seriously as if it's a, a, a historical piece of, uh, of like, this is exactly what happened. Well, then we start running into walls because unfortunately, the logical people of 2022 who have technology are going to say, well, Jesus did not turn water into wine. But the thing is, the story of turning water into wine has more to do with having faith and being able to achieve the impossible. That makes sense. 
Metaphorically, you can turn water into wine if you believe enough, right? And that applies. I mean, look at what I've done in the past fucking 10 months. Obviously, if you're watching this podcast, you have some sort of track record as to who I am and what I'm doing. I've gone from living in a caravan with a laptop to living in a house with a full fucking production set up around me where I can produce stickers and t-shirt. I'm not, I'm not going to start on this again, but you understand what I'm saying, right? And also, again, for the Christians watching this going like, no, you fucking idiot. That was not the metaphorical meaning of Jesus turning water into wine. The fuck is wrong with you, bro? I don't care. Again, refer to your Bible to deal with the situation because you're not going to get an answer from me. Okay? So I'm reading this article and I'm going through it and I'm going through it. And to give you an idea, this article is probably like a seven minute read, right? And I get to maybe like two thirds of the way through it. And I realized sitting in my office chair that my heart rate was elevated. The bottoms of my feet had started to sweat. I was uncomfortable in my body. I was just like, and like, don't, I didn't go out the night before. There was no drinking. There was no, no smoking involved. I was in the middle of my workday. I had just finished something. was just about to start something else. And I get caught up in this article. I'm like, damn it. What am I doing here? Okay. Because even if this article is true, even if the famine is coming, and even if all of these things that they're lining up with the Bible are happening in real life, then what the fuck is this article going to do about it? You know, the logical part of me is like, well, go out and buy food. Go out and do this, you know what I mean? And, you know, obviously it goes from everything from like the most obvious logical first thing is like, if there's a famine coming, get food, right? And then that trickles the whole way down to like, okay, well, we got to start, we got to put solar panels in, we got to fucking, and even that might be useless. I mean, if an EMP comes through and ruins all the electrical systems, then realistically solar panel solar panels are just a waste of money at this point. So maybe I'm better off going and getting desalination things, or maybe I'm going, finding out ways that I can, you know, maybe this is a thing like in a famine, how do you know that the most helpful thing might not be tools? So then it's like, what tools should I have? What, what kind of, and the list goes on and on and on. But then I realized something. I, I went out of myself. I looked at myself. I, I was fo- hovering above myself for a moment in my mind. I was seeing myself in my chair being worried about this shit that I just read on this fucking article that someone that I've met once messaged to me on Facebook. And I realized the silliness of it. I realized what was going on. That article is only as valuable as how long it can keep, keep people's attention. I realized... Then in that moment, I was the product, not the article. We know this. We've all seen the social network. We know that it's got nothing to do with people flexing the new car that they've got on Instagram or maybe showing the cute family photo on Facebook or maybe the, the you know, look at the crazy shit that I'm getting up to on Friday night on Snapchat or, or look at how little clothes I can wear and look sexy on TikTok. It's got to do with fucking attention, Right? attention. That's what it's all about. And this is the thing that we're donating for free. In fact, we pay Optus or Telstra for the liberty of doing it, right? The part that worries me is I spend so much time on social media and understand I am not connected to the things that I interact with, right? I'm not connected to the things that I post. I'm not connected to the process, nothing. This thing for me is a tool that I know subconsciously I have somewhat of an addiction to, right? By the pure fact that I'm going to this platform all the time and I understand how the system works and I understand what I'm doing to best position myself within the system, by participation, I do have that addiction. 
I want to know what the next tile, what the next tile, what the next tile is going to be. And I can even see with my search pages on these multiple accounts exactly what this algorithm does to tickle what you like doing. And the fucked part about all of this is, is I'm doing this the whole time because I'm making money out of it. Quite simply, if I put a post up with a fire shirt, people are going to buy it and that makes me money, right? And you, and you go, oh yeah, well, what about the videos of people doing wheelies and shit? Okay, dickhead, if I post enough cool videos of people doing wheelies and burnouts, more people follow my page and then see the post of the fire shirt and then buy it. So basically everything that I'm doing is to make money on this account, right? The other accounts that I manage, they're either to back up that one account. So maybe it's my podcast account, maybe it's my personal account, maybe it's my, my last e-commerce account, or maybe it's an outside client's account that I'm managing theirs for, or maybe it's my old fucking OnlyFans account. Like all of these different things, they all have a different purpose. But the fucking principle here is, is that none of them are for wasting time. Like never in my spare time do I find myself sitting down to be on Instagram. But then it occurred to me, that's what everyone else is doing. That's what everyone else is doing, right? This thing that is like so organically become part of our like vernacular or like even mental furniture, if you want to picture it like that, is now this supreme drain on our energy. And at the same time, the thing that's paying the consequences is our emotions. Because this lady who sent me an article on Facebook Messenger that has nothing to do with me that may not be relevant or accurate is now fucking my head. How does that work? How is that okay? And the point is, like, there is no goalkeeper when it comes to these things. There's no one here that understands in that moment that I just had a severe, like, like a soul-shaking moment where I was scared that my world that I'm working so hard for might come to a close with a world famine. What the fuck are you talking about? Go and print some shirts, you fuckhead. You spent six minutes reading some bullshit that's never going to help you, right? And that's what we need to be telling ourselves when we see shit on Instagram. And I know what you're thinking. If you've got a little bit of logic, you're going to say, hang on, you want me to take Instagram less seriously, especially now that I know that you don't really care about the stuff that you post or the interactions that you have and all the rest. Whoa, 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 stop, stop. Let me explain what I said, Okay. What I said is I don't connect to it. I utilize it, right? I don't let myself be the product of it. I use it as the product, right? Now, in this brief example of me being the product, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not saying that day in, day out, I don't check Instagram for, for you know personal pleasure, for that ability to find out what's going on. What I am saying is that I try to limit that so much so I try and feel dirty when I'm doing that just for me and it's not for my bank account or it's not for my, my, my clients that... It allows me to see it for what it is, you know, understanding that when that girl posts that picture in that bikini at the beach and all the rest, like understand she took 150 other photos to get that one. Understand that that's her best possible angle. Understand that that bikini was probably bought yesterday. It's not just some, you know, cute one she had that she threw on that day. It's like everything that you see with most of the shit that you see online is garnered just for that one single purpose use. That's what it's for. So then when we go on there, and I mean, the thing is like, I, the, the reason that I got so worried and the reason that this speaks, this article spoke to me is because now that I'm working so hard for a life that I love and is fulfilling and is giving me something back, the idea of that being taken away from me was the worst news in the world. That news was something that I couldn't handle in that moment. And that's why I started to have this hot flush, 
That's why I started to feel like in my mind I was going from like just chilling to stressed for some reason. But the, like, the thing where this correlates to everyone else is that most people, and I'm not saying this in a bragging way, I'm just saying this is like, this is honest because I've come from this. I've come from the rat race working a bullshit job every day, right? Most people aren't holding on to a life that they love. The only thing that they're holding on to is the fact that they're fucking someone at the moment, right? Or the fact that they've got like a house that they can live in or that they've got a house that they've got a mortgage on, right? And then their point of comparison, their point of like, hmm, what's going on over there is social media. And then they see the cunt that they went to school with living in a nicer house, driving a nicer car, and then they feel bad. But the problem is they don't feel bad here. They feel bad way back here in their subconscious where they don't even know about it. And then they scroll to the next person. Oh, and look, it's someone else they went to school with who's holding on to their looks a little bit better as they get older than them. And they feel sad back here again. They don't notice it. It's back here, you know? And then they roll to the third slide. And then it's some beautiful cafe in town posting some beautiful food that's actually kind of out of their price range. And instead of feeling bad for a moment, they're like, it's out of my price range, but I can afford it. I can figure out a way to afford it. And I can be the person that's eating it. And then... And then we make up for not having the nice house or not having the fucking or having the crow's feet next to our eyes because we're eating the beautiful meal down at Cafe X, right? This is most people's lives. And not only are they emotionally playing fucking ping pong all the time with themselves because of the comparison they've got with unrealistic, you know, standards set by everyone else, but they're also playing with it financially, right? How many people do you know that went out and bought a house or built a house because someone in their close vicinity did as well, right? And even worse, how many people do you know that go and do things for no reason that aren't characteristic of them and then they try and pull it off for the next six months and eventually end up going back to what they were before? All in the nature of like trying to chase this invisible dragon of trying to level up our character. Doesn't make sense. It's fucking crazy to me. And... Sure enough, here I was sitting there on my chair having that exact fucking reaction and I wondered how many times has this happened that I haven't paid attention to it? How many times has this happened when I've got got up out of my chair and gone and said something to Larissa that was negative when it was always destined to be positive but some other person got involved, some other person that wasn't even in the room that I don't even know? Weird. Weird. We think we're in control Yet all we do is we grab these little pieces of glass and get more out of control in our head than what we could possibly understand, than what we could possibly measure. The crazy thing is, you can go in one second from the house that you want to buy to the chick that you want to fuck to the porn that you want to... You can have all of this in a moment's notice and then once the screen locks, you've got the rest of the day to figure out why the fuck your life isn't up to that standard. Why isn't it happening? You know, and then instead of trying to answer those questions, which are good questions, by the way, the foundations of those questions, I believe, lead you somewhere. But instead of asking those questions, you wait just long enough that the hard work doesn't seem worth it anymore. You unlock unlock that phone and you go straight back to that porn site. That's what we do. It's humanity. It's not you in particular. It's not me. That's what humans do. When there's an easier road, we take it. When there's more efficiency, we steer in that direction. Why? That's what we've done our entire lives. We went from carrying shit to carrying shit on the back of a horse to carrying shit in a wagon being pulled by a horse to carrying shit in a car to carrying shit in a truck to now we're figuring out how to make those drives trucks without any humans in there. It's getting more and more efficient. And this is all that's happening inside of our mind, just kind of displayed in a different like arena. It's bizarre. 
and everyone's participating. Without doubt, you're participating. How crazy is that? I don't have any advice to go out of here. I just think like, this is a really good point of paying attention to the fuck is going on. And just every now and then, I like, I think this ball continues to roll and roll and roll and get bigger and get momentum. I don't think we can stop or eject out of it, but we can pause it for even half an hour every now and then. I mean, when I read my book, understand that I don't put my phone on silent mode. I put my phone on fucking airplane mode. So it can't even vibrate. Just fucking get out of here. Let me read this book. Let me see the pictures in my mind that it creates when I read the words off the page and let me interact with them as I want to and not be like, oh, someone messaged me. Oh, I've got a comment on one of my posts, you know, like, bros, it's all good. Just stop. Just stop. But mm, I must admit, I um, <clears throat> So the only real good thing that I got out of the fucking out of that last podcast was a good little kind of two minute clip right at the end that I ended up posting on my um, Black Ink podcast and my main Black Ink page this morning. And then I just ended up deleting the rest of the podcast because I don't know, it's it's one of those ones where, so I'll explain myself. What happened on Saturday is we went to this, um, well, the plan was we're going to this bloody full send whip competition in Bustleton. So I got a little crew together and said, right, we'll leave it about 10 o'clock in the morning because it's super hot here at the morning. We'll leave it about 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll go down to Bustleton We'll fucking hang out for a little bit. We'll get some lunch. We'll get some beers. And then we'll go to the compound and watch these boys do some whips and shit. And the boys are like, fucking oath, we're on. So anyway, we get down to Bustleton and realize that this shit doesn't start until like five o'clock in the afternoon. And we got there at about 11. So we're fucking, we just ended up going to the pub. We got a couple of beers. Ended up going to another pub, got ourselves a bowl of chips, did some skids, did some wheelies, and then went home. We're home fucking on the couch by about three o'clock in the afternoon. So what I've done is I've recorded the podcast on Friday afternoon saying, hey, if anybody wants to join us, let us know. You've got a couple hours before we leave, rah, 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 in the podcast, thinking that I'm going to post at five o'clock on Monday morning. There might be someone who listens to it and says, fuck yeah, I'm there, and then joins in. But also negligent to the fact that the podcast lives on the internet forever. So terrible idea to be inviting people on an event that happens literally in two hours on something that is 45 minutes fucking long, right? Stupid. So there was reason number one not to post a podcast. There were a couple other fucking, I just came off super braggy in the podcast as well. Like I'm in this weird stage where I'm actually like, I feel fucking connected to like a supreme purpose. And I know that sounds the most amount of wanky as it possibly can, but now I feel like I don't even have to try. I don't have to wake up in the morning and go like, fuck, what am I doing? How am I pushing this forward? I just got to be there. I just got to rock up. I just got to get up on time. I got to say my prayers, drink my water and get to work. And all of a sudden, bang, 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 bang. Things start happening, you know? And now I'm at a point where it's not bang, 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 bang. It's more like bang, bang, bang. I'm starting to get money in my account. Okay, and if you listen to my show, you know your boy's been without a couple, haven't had two fucking coins to rub together for the past, I don't know, year, and now things are starting to happen for me. It's fucking beautiful, and I admit it, okay, I admit it. I get a bit of money, and it disappears. I get a bit of money, and it disappears. I get a bit of money, it disappears. Those bits of money are getting more and more, and the distance between the monies are getting shorter and shorter. So one day, I'll just fucking always have money in my account, and you're probably thinking like, what's this kind of talking about, tens of thousands of dollars? I'm talking about having more than 400 bucks in my account for longer than a week. That's where I'm at at the moment. That's more of a reference point for me in 10 years time when this is all fucking, you know, 
I'm talking about like right now to my name, I've got about $150. Like it's all good. My bills are paid. I have everything I need to complete all the jobs that I've got in front of me. But that's what's going on. That's where I'm at. You know, about a month ago, it was every time a bit like I've gone from in the past month, I've gone from a bill would come in and I would figure out how to pay for that bill. Right. So, you know, I would have all, I've always got money for my business, always have money for my business. And then a bill would come in, I'd be like, right, and then figure out a way to do, 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 And a lot of the times, like there are some releases you can actually track from last year that align with when my rego came in. Like, cause I knew like, oh fuck, I'm gonna need a, a decent amount of money for that. And I've got like three or four regos at the moment. So I would like do a T release then. I knew that I'd sell out three days later. I knew I'd have enough money within the week to pay for that rego and the shirts and the postage and blah, blah, blah. And now I'm at a point where all of my rent is paid for for a good, I think I paid for like a month's worth of rent. Um, I've got all of my utility bills paid for. I've got my phone, my internet, rah, rah. You know, I've got a couple things. Yeah, I've got some Medicare bill coming up for 140 bucks at the end of the month. Hey, suck my dick. I'll have the money, all right? I don't care. I don't care. And it's funny, you know, like I went so long with problem solving with the added intensity of having bills and how, how am I, the question, how am I going to pay for this bill way back there? So now that I can problem solve without the intensity of having how I'm going to pay my bills problem, how that's going to be solved, dude, I solve problems like I'm fucking paid to do it, you know, dude, I get on a roll and this is a crazy part. Like I'm so used to doing it by myself now that when I get in a group with some people all trying to come up with good ideas, I'm like a machine. I don't even get attached to my ideas anymore. I just fire them off into the crowd. Shunk, shunk, shunk. They're all good ideas. Million dollars ideas. Million dollar ideas. Shunk, shunk shrunk into the crowd like that just for just for people you know just for whatever because i don't have to worry about that money anymore but oh man a lot of words did you know i could say the same amount of words no 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 i could say half the amount of words in double the amount of time and record the same podcast like i know that makes sense when you say it but then when you consider how many fucking words i say in a minute sometimes it's silly right hmm so we ended up going Saturday morning and uh, it was a good time. It was a fucking good time. There was only three of us, a couple of us on Harleys and a bloke on a CBR. And we just, uh, dude, we just had fun. We had fun. We went down there. As I said, we had a couple of beers. We enjoyed Bustleton. On the way out, I did myself a little cheeky seat stand, which is where you actually stand. So on my Harley, I stood up on the seat and held my arms out like this. Never done that before. That's cool as fuck. I was pretty happy with that. Um... And yeah, on the way home, obviously a couple of burnouts, a couple of wheelies. And then there was one point where the other bloke on a Harley got pushed off the road by a car. So we just kind of gave him a fucking what for and, you know, hovered around his car for a little bit. And then this guy went fucking crazy and like got right up behind our bikes and shit. I remember looking over and he was probably about that far away from the back of like the other guy on the Harley. It's like, dude, if you hit him doing 120 Ks per hour, and that Harley goes under your car, you're going to kill him, right? So at the moment, we're gonna let this road rage turn into a death, okay? You can't have that. So we just fucking hung around that cunt like flies to a shit for about five minutes, letting him know, just doing circles around his car while we're going up the highway, just being a fucking menace. You know why? Because you don't know who's on that bike. And granted, granted, we don't know who's in the car, but trust me, daddy, trust me, try and run us off the road when we're sitting on top of the vehicle where you're wrapped in a cage inside of yours, you can go fuck yourself. You can go fuck yourself. 
So we gave him a bit of a hard time. We eventually ended up leaving him alone because he got his camera out. It's like, what are you going to do? Tell the police that we were hassling you after you almost ran one of us off the road? Like, bro, just pull over. You know what I mean? Just, hey, 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 hey. Pull over, right? I'm not going to do anything. Just pull over. Okay? <laughs> I'm being silly. So yeah, we get home and then right as we're just about home, homeboy rips up on the fucking CBR 600. Gives me one of those heads where he's like, hey, get out the camera. So I get out the camera and this dude pulls a fucking minute and a half long skid from from like... Dude, it, it would have been over a kilometer's worth of burnout. He was just trying to pop that rear tire because it was right down to the last bit. And then if you watch the video, he didn't end up popping the tire. But if he had it kept going for literally like three more seconds, he probably would have got it. Because right at the end, we had the wire. The wires come around and smashed all the rear tail light and busted the bulb and started to whip him, him in the back. But he was already in the turning lane for dial up, so he had to slow right down to obviously get in the turning lane. And then again, we turn around and there's some motherfuckers filming us, some different people. So I was like, damn it. Anyway, we come in, I go to his place, we calm down, calm down a bit, and I went home and yeah, it was good. It was good. I must admit though, like I once I hit that point on Saturday, because we were kind of thinking about maybe going out that night, I realized like this is my day off. Tomorrow's not gonna be my day off. Unless I get wasted tonight, then I'm going to have to need tomorrow to recover. But I ended up bloody just kind of sitting on the couch and not doing anything, not really even giving myself any responsibility to post or do whatever on socials. I was just kind of in recovery mode. And then yesterday, just woke up like like I was fucking ready to attack Black Ink. It was brilliant. So the first thing I wanted to do is I, I uh, explained on a, I think it was a last podcast about that first print that I did, the first big black ink print, which was of course the uh, cover, the thumbnail for YouTube for episode 77 of the podcast. So the one thing that I didn't get down in that was the cut line. So basically my printer obviously prints on vinyl. And then the thing that really adds the value is the cut line. So it's got a little knife that can cut any sort of shape that you want, but you obviously you have to program it program it into the computer. So I build everything on my Mac. I build all the graphics and digital assets on my Mac. I then transfer them to a PC which has the program which speaks to the uh, to the printer. I put it into that program and it then tells the printer what to print, where to cut it, how many, what size, da da da. So I was like, right, woke up on Sunday morning. One of my goals was to figure out how the cut lines work on the printer. So I spent fucking ages ages trying to figure it out and I'm not going to go too far into it but what I will explain this was my first attempt okay now if you're just listening this is a sticker that is about 600 mil wide it is the words black ink and it has a small you may be able to see that on the video it has a small outline around the words black ink so the outline around the letters is probably I don't know 50 mil off the letter the idea was that outline was meant to be where it was going to cut. So this sticker essentially would just be what you can see inside that outline. Now, what we got instead was the cut right up here. So I'm actually going to peel this off so you can see. Right. So seeing that, you can understand that instead of cutting around that cut line for me, instead it actually has cut around this massive border, probably about 100 mil off that line again. Now that is because I've told the program to cut around the border, which it did exactly that. So it's actually cut around the uh, workspace that I was using in Adobe Illustrator thinking that that's the border. So I've got this massive white sticker 
that's got this big ugly square bit of white around it so still a great sticker probably usable in one way or another i don't know what way it is if you want this sticker just fucking reach out you can have it now i've gone back to the drawing board i'm like how the fuck do i get this to work so what i've done is i've done a whole heap of research and figured out more about these cut lines i was doing everything right now there's going to be a little bit of technical speak so if you want to just skip forward two minutes i'm going to explain exactly what went wrong and how i fixed it so what happened was I was putting in just lines around my uh, around the border of my artwork thinking that the program is going to automatically pick up these lines. So when I put it into the program, I've said cut around the border and it has cut around the border of the artwork, not the border that I've created. So I've gone back to the drawing board and said, how you know, what's the deal with, you know, when I'm working with Photoshop or Illustrator making graphics to go into VersaWorks, which is the program which prints on the Roland, how come it's not picking up these cut lines? And essentially, the quickest answer is Roland has a specific color that is sealed in a specific swatch that you have to save onto your Illustrator and use that particular color, which is a magenta, a pink color that will then be registered in VersaWorks when you upload it as the cut line. And you can tell this because when it's in the program, it's actually got these little kind of, the, uh, the bloke who sold me the printer called them marching ants. But you know, it has dashed flashing lines instead of a solid line. So you go, that's my cut, cut line and everything else is obviously my graphic. So once I figured this out, you know, downloaded this swatch, uploaded it into my uh, Illustrator. And because my because it was a PC swatch, and I've got a Mac version of Illustrator, whether that fucking matters, it wouldn't let me download it through the front end of the program, so I had to go into the program files and drop it in there, which isn't a big deal unless you don't know what that means, you know? Which I only I only just kind of grasp what that means. So I could do it without having any like real instruction, but getting to that point also took 15 YouTube videos and, you know, fucking stressing out about the world ending because of famine, right? So I fucking get to a point I come up with a new design, I put in a new cut line, I didn't want it to be as extreme, and this is what I ended up with. Now, you can see, if I peel this back, come on, so this actually has a beautiful rounded cut line around the corner of that sticker. So instead of having the letters and then a dirty big 50 mil gap between that and the cut line and then a big 100 mil gap between that and the edge of the sticker, we now just have some letters with about a 50 mil gap between it and the cut line. So when I put this on something, actually, I'll tell you what, for the sake of this show, I'm going to stick it on the front of the bar right now. Probably not going to stand on the stool. Right. It's super fucking dusty so of course it's not going to stick right so it's only got that little bit of lip around it and this this is just like obviously a test so this tells me that i now have a successful execution of putting the cut line anywhere i want so now i can have that cut line on the letters if i want to I can cut out those letters individually. I can cut out those letters with just a little bit of bleed, whatever you want to do. And obviously, the letters are just an example of, an, a, graphic, of a graphic that I've printed. That can be anything. That can be a high-res photo that you took on your phone. And then I can just cut around the border of it. Then you can go stick that on whenever you want. And also, this is one of those like... I'm not sure if I've uh, elaborated this on the podcast, but I can print out dirt bike graphics. I can download empty templates off the internet of any dirt bike you can imagine and then build them in Illustrator or Photoshop and then print them on my printer and then apply them to a motorbike and that is a graphics kit for a motorbike. That's ex exactly what I'm doing right now. 
this very exciting fucking what do you call it uh, progression mm. so I thought well what else can I do with this as I said I can cut out just around the letters if I wanted to and that's exactly what I've done so here what we have here is the words black ink obviously black ink and instead of it being within a sticker, I have made the letters the sticker. So what I've done here is actually not printed at all, but instead just cut out the letters black ink. And you can only just really see it when the light goes through it because it is a white vinyl on a white background. Now, what this can do is I can then put application tape on this, which is essentially just paper masking tape. I then peel that off, which peels these letters off the sticker, uh, off the back of the vinyl. I can then put that application tape with the letters on it onto a window, press it nice and firm, peel that application tape off, and then what is left behind? The words black ink. So this means that essentially I can now make, print, distribute, whatever you want, cast stickers anywhere up to, I mean, as long as you possibly want, but anywhere up to 700 mil tall. So I've automatically got onto like, right, printed these out, made a couple of cool Instagram stories about it, got seen to see if anybody was really interested if they wanted to make stickers for their cars or for this and that. And basically the short answer is everyone wants stickers for fucking everything right now. So my number one concern in, the, in this week coming up is just making something that's fucking, I don't want to say sellable, but bringing something to market on the sticker front because I just want to start making use of every single machine that I've got. As I said before, now I've got all these like util utilities that I can make use of and like that I'm starting to understand and realize the more that I use these things and get comfortable with them, that things can work together. You go, oh, now I've got this and this, I can achieve this product that I never could before. So it's a super fun kind of period for black ink in this like obviously very, very early beginner growth phase. But man, it's just like, what I feel like at the moment, I'm like, what cool thing can't I make? You know, I just have an idea and I can turn that idea into the thing that I'm thinking about that day. So now that I've got those, and this is the thing, like I, I tend to, sometimes I get really worried. And I said this before, I don't really, I don't, don't have to try anymore. I just have to show up. One thing that I believe is that when I'm making, like sometimes I get, sometimes I get nervous. And I'll go like, oh, so you've got a screen printer and you've got like a, a vinyl cutter and printer and you've got a heat press. So what does that mean? That you're going to make money just making everyone else's clothes from now on. And it's like, the part that I mean when I say I don't have to try anymore is it's very simple and easy to go like, oh, so now I'm going to make all my money printing stickers, you know, printing shirts and applying vinyls to, to tees. But... That's not the case. I mean, that's, I understand how in that sense you go like, oh yeah, well, you've essentially just bought yourself another job. You don't really have a business. This is just the framework of shit that I've got to understand how to use so that I can get to the next thing. Because if you get too stuck in this idea of like worrying about what the next five years is going to look like, you don't do well in the next five minutes and then you, your product, your ability, your skill turns to shit. And then yes, the next five years does look shit because you're wallowing in shit all the time. But if you're perfecting this skill, this art, this part of your characteristic, this ability, then that's going to allow you to move on to the next thing. You're not going to be doing a job half-assed your whole life. You can do it really well till you get to a point where you go, right, what's next? Right, what's next? Right, what's next? And the real, like, this is one of those situations where I can actually talk about this and I'm confidently talking about this, is I didn't know how this printer worked a week ago. I didn't know how that screen printer worked fucking two months ago. 
right? I didn't know how to heat press effectively and all the applications of all of that two months ago. This is one of those things where it's like, I bit into all of those pies, not knowing what the fuck they were, what it meant, how it was going to be applicable in the future, whether I needed other equipment. It's just sometimes your intuition says, I'm going to get this on the condition that I will conditionlessly get good at this. There is nothing that will stop me from perfecting my ability within this area, right? So let me say that again. I'm gonna follow my intuition and I'm gonna make this purchase with the condition that nothing can stand in my way at getting good at it, even though I'm going in green, I don't know, right? All I need is a slight indication that this might be the thing to do and fucking run at it. And this also ties back to like, you know, the hobby conversation, like everyone knows that you need to have a hobby, that you need to have something that you commit to, something you belong to, a community or the rest. But then people go like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to do dragon boat racing or if I want to do jujitsu or if I want to do, you know, professional dart playing or all the rest. Just fucking do anything. Do anything for a year. Anything. Okay, trust me, you're not going to like it for the first six weeks and then you're going to love it in six months time. That's the rule with anything. You could start road cycling and that would be the case, right? You're not meant to like it when you first get there. And I definitely apply that same thinking, that same strategy to my business. Fuck man, I don't need to know that it makes me a million dollars. I don't need to 100% need to have a plan that's going to work. I just need to have some sort of good feeling that's going to get me through that first initial phase of feeling like a fuckwit for trying. That's all I need because there's money in every single hole. There is money in every corner of every town and city in the world. And as a businessman or an entrepreneur, it's your job to find it. Now, if you make that money selling cans at five cents a time, sure, you're never going to become a millionaire, but you'll be able to make something because there is money in that corner. Or if you figure out a way that you can sell those cans for 25 cents a piece, and then you only have to do one fifth of the effort to get the same amount of money, there is money in that corner as well, but you've just figured out a way to make it work a little bit better for you. So with that in mind, I don't need to know that a four platinum, four color screen printer has a ceiling on how much money it can make. I just need to know how the fuck it works every single angle, every single possibility of knowledge that I can get from this single piece of equipment plus all the other pieces of equipment like it, I'll figure out a way to make a million dollars. Like I trust that in myself and I use that feeling to get me over all of the like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or fuck, I wish I had done this or damn, I just made that mistake because I know all those are going to happen with no matter what I do. If I choose to fucking start an earthworks company, do you know how many people's properties I'm going to fuck before I start making beautiful things? Right? So if I start myself a fucking, uh, what's a, a, a leather upholstery business, okay? Do you know how much leather I'm gonna waste before I get as good as I possibly want to? Okay? If I start a t shirt brand, do you know how many cringeworthy posts I have to do or how many attempts at content, social media, bullshit interactions I have to have before people start to believe in my brand and give me value? Do you know before I become an excellent fucking screen printer or decide to make a business out of garment creation, how many garments I have to fuck up beforehand? Bro, who cares? Just fucking do something. Hit it with a fucking 100 miles an hour with as much energy as you can because the only guarantee is that you will get something out of it if you put something into it. Man, I don't even know what the fucking topic is anymore, bro. I started, I just started. I just started talking, you know? Dude, this is a thing. 
I don't think people really... I think people are tied between... I mean, everything kind of perfectly full circles here because what I spoke about at the start where people like watch some things on Instagram or YouTube or, you know, it's one of their friends posts. It's not even about the world. It's just something that one of their friends are doing. And then they respond to that emotionally and financially and do so. And then all of a sudden someone goes like, oh, you need to have a hobby or maybe you should start a business or would you like to do this thing with me? And they're so taken aback by this thing over here, they can't even comprehend the daylight. They're so stuck in the darkness, they don't want to know about the daylight. You know, they know that exercise makes them feel good, but they don't care about it because they'd rather fight with this internal demon they have in themselves called comparison. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Be good to your mum because I'm fucking out. Yeah!